In January 2004, Mark Zuckerberg had a real-life version of a common nightmare. He was facing his first round of exams at Harvard, and he hadn't studied or read anything the professor had assigned for the first-year art history course called Rome of Augustus. Zuckerberg hadn't even gone to class during that term. He was too busy creating a cool computer program called Facebook that would help students get to know one another and share information. Now, a few days before the exam, Zuckerberg was, in his words, just completely screwed. But he had an idea, straight out of 21st century computer science. He created a website and put pictures from the course on it, with a little discussion beside each picture. Maybe the other students could help out by filling in the blanks. Within 24 hours, Zuckerberg's classmates helped out all right, with notes so cogent that everyone, Zuckerberg included, passed the test with flying colors. And according to Zuckerberg, the professor didn't see it as cheating. Instead, he was really pleased to see the students collaborate in such a creative fashion. After acing his art history test, Zuckerberg returned to his school project, Facebook, which has since become one of the most ubiquitous social networking sites in the world. On it, friends and acquaintances keep up with each other's news. Now, with more than 70 million active users and a market value estimated at a couple of billion dollars or more, Facebook is a great example of how this generation uses and revolutionizes technology. As we'll see in this chapter, this is a generation that likes to share information. They want to be connected with friends and family all the time, and they use technology, from mobile phones to social networks, to do it. So when the TV is on, they don't sit and watch, as their parents did. TV is background music for them, to which they listen while they check out information or talk to friends online or via text message. Their mobile phones aren't just useful communication devices, they're a vital connection to friends. And now that the phones are increasingly connected to the Internet, the net geners can stay connected with friends online wherever they go. In this chapter, we'll look at this small-screen revolution in the United States and, as an indication of where it might be headed, in Japan. The net generation uses digital technology in a very different way than boomers do. The net geners have developed different reflexes and behaviors, which they use when they are on their mobile phones or are surfing the Internet. But the differences don't stop there. This generation is revolutionizing the very nature of the Internet itself. Zuckerberg's Facebook is just one example of the popular social networking sites that are turning the Internet into a place to share and connect, a kind of cyber community center. Net geners are transforming the Internet from a place where you mainly find information to a place where you share information collaborate on projects of mutual interest, and create new ways to solve some of our most pressing problems. One way that they are doing this is by creating content in the form of their own blogs or in combination with other people's content. In this way, the net generation is democratizing the creation of content, and this new paradigm of communication will have a revolutionary impact on everything it touches, from music and movies to political life, business and education. They might just be the generation to activate that slogan that we boomers chanted in our youth, power to the people. It can happen now.
because the Web 2.0 makes it easier for ordinary people to organize themselves instead of having to do so under the control of hierarchical, often authoritarian organizations. Instead of being just small cogs in a large and impersonal machine, they now may be finding the power to become autonomous entities unto themselves. But this sunny story may have a dark cloud hanging over it, one that few net geners have yet seen. They are sharing intimate details about themselves, lavishly illustrated by pictures that might come back to haunt them once they are seeking public office or a high-ranking job in a public corporation. We'll explore this issue toward the end of this chapter. This generation is giving up its privacy, not only because of the social networks, but because they are happily answering questions from the corporate world about their private lives. George Orwell, as it turns out, was only partly right when he wrote 1984. It's not Big Brother who is watching you just yet. It is Little Brother. Your friend.